Thank you for tuning in to A.R. Martin Ministries. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Please don't forget to subscribe. God bless you and enjoy. Thank you for listening to A.R. Martin Ministries. I hope that and pray that something said during this uh, podcast will bring understanding to your mind and joy to your heart. Uh, This is the first part of a series that will be covering taboo church topics such as uh, drinking, uh, sex or sexual relationships, uh, drug addiction, mental health, uh, and a host of other things that we want to deal with to bring some awareness. And I wish to title this uh, series, Speaking for Myself. I hope to offer a practical, spiritually based perspective that hopefully won't offend too many people. I must say this before we get started, that these views are in no way the views of whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, That's why I titled it Speaking for Myself. So let's get started uh, with this first of our subjects. It's a pretty easy one. I feel feel that we should start on a, uh, a lighter note so that we can get our feet wet. The question is this. Is drinking alcohol wrong? Is drinking alcohol wrong? Is drinking alcohol a sin? Now, drinking has been around for a long time. It's something that just started yesterday. And my, my efforts in this discussion will not be to persuade you to begin a life of alcohol indulgence by no means, but, but to shed a bit of light and life on the subject in hopes to free someone from condemnation. I must begin this study with a little background on myself. I was raised in a strict Pentecostal environment. It was relayed to us that any type of drinking was forbidden in our lives. I come to find out later in life that our denomination wasn't the only ones that believed this to be true. In fact, when I came over into a Baptist setting, I ran into what is called the Church Covenant. Many of you might know what I'm talking about, which clearly states that neither will you indulge uh, or, or you take part uh, in the resale or of any or drink any alcoholic beverage. I, I also uh, want to add that I came from a lineage and a sense of alcoholic people. Uh, I'm not proud of that by no means. Uh, my grandparents on my mother's side of the family both died of alcoholic-related deaths. My grandfather uh, fell asleep uh, because of a drunken state. He fell asleep in the car with the windows up and died of carbon monoxide poisoning. My grandmother on my mother's side died from uh, cirrhosis of the liver, liver complications from drinking. So as you can imagine, the story uh, doesn't get really any better as a result of that, uh, that her parents, my mother, uh, was also uh, had issues with alcoholism and and she a few years ago she passed away and I dearly miss her but thanks be to God that <clears throat> that God allowed me to be reared by my father's parents who had given their lives to Jesus Christ and they brought me up in the church 
and 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 that was a great experience and, and please don't misunderstand me but it also sheltered me and shielded me from some things that later on in life that when I did get a chance to experience uh, I went way to the left uh, and and you know because somebody prayed for me and kept me on their minds uh, God allowed me to come back to where I am now so after all that uh, I like. You know, I would be love to tell you that I've been saved all my life and I've never tasted a drop. But I would be lying to you. Uh, during and after high school, I hung around some people who I would like to call. They were professional drinkers, man. They taught me how to drink. They taught me what to drink. They taught me how to mix my drinks, uh, what to stay away from, not to mix my white liquor with my brown liquor, all kinds of stuff like that. And, and I was. I too was on my way to being a professional alcoholic and if anybody tells you that, that having fun and partying and drinking isn't fun you need to run away from them because they're probably lying to you I mean I, I must admit I had a good time but I realized that it was not good for my life and it was not good for my soul and after all of that fun I was still left with this burning conviction in me that was calling me to walk away from all those things that I was doing and live a life for Jesus Christ because there was a calling on my life uh, to minister to people and he wanted me to be in a better state so that's why I'm here today and that's why we're doing these podcasts uh, to bring some light uh, on the subject matter and also to help lift some of the condemnation and let you know that there is a place for you in the kingdom. Uh, every one of us has an issue. I have a thing. You got a thing. All of God's people have a thing. And, and sometimes what we do in our efforts to make ourselves feel bigger and better, uh, we'll, we'll condemn others and we'll point our fingers and we'll, and we'll magnify uh, other people's faults and sins to make our own indiscretions look smaller. So I just want to deal with that night, tonight you know, and this time with you. So God God has a calling on our life um, to help minister to those and help bring them back out of where they are. And so I messed up, man. Hey, I would be the first to admit it. And I, I did some crazy stuff in my day, amen. But thank God that he brought me back. Now, Here's the funny part, ever. I still, after all of that, and, and I'm being transparent now, after all of that, I still had a taste. Hear me? I still had a taste for beer. I liked, honestly, I liked the way it tastes. I mean, a lot of people, you know, and I mean, I can't stand how beer tastes. I mean, I was talking to my wife. And we were talking about some of our college days, and, and and she was telling me, she said, I can't even really stand the smell of it. You know, it smells like this. I'm like, throw up. Huh? But but me personally, I actually enjoyed the taste of beer. And and, and being a musician, you know, I was kind of around some of the uh, some of the jazz clubs and jazz scenes. So I was around some of the old, old cool cats, right? So they, and not only did I like beer, but, you know, they kind of hit me to Merlot and, and I would have several glasses of wine and I knew what the best wines were and I'd go and order my Sterling Merlot and, 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 and just had a good time. And, and so I still, even though I was saved and, and, and come back in, I still was left with that desire, that taste. Um, so what am I to do? What am I to do? Am I to 
Uh, I've just beat myself up because I had the desire to have a, a glass of wine or occasionally have a, a beer. Now I drink a, a beer. If I drink a, a beer, according to my beliefs, I was uh, in my upbringing. Uh, understand me. If you drink a beer, or you drink a glass of wine, man, you are headed straight for the gates of hell. Now, <laughs> not only that, but I, I would, I, I would uh, get in a place or be in a place where I would condemn anybody that would partake in any drinking at all, you know, because those same friends at one time that I was hanging around when God, when I realized God had a calling on my life and I came out of that, I mean, I kind of shunned them and I would kind of condemn them and look, uh, you know, look on them as, you know, oh, you know, y'all go, y'all ain't going to make it, you know, y'all going to hell, all that drinking and stuff. And I'd understand that, hey, that God had a time for me to come out, time for me to deal with it, and he would do the same for them. Now, after all, all of my all of my examples were people in my life. All my examples were people uh, that had drinking problems. As I forestated, my, my grandmother, uh, my, my mother's mother had a drinking problem. My, my mother's father had a drinking problem. Um, my, my mother's siblings, all of them. I mean, I'm not just talking about just drinking a little bit sip here and there. I'm talking about, I mean, pass out drunks. So, so I pray because the Bible says that, uh, that drinking is a sin, right? You know, this is what my mind said. You know, you can't drink nothing. Drinking is a sin. So I would pray and I would ask God, hey, you got to do something, man. I, I can't, I, I can't have no wine when I go out to dinner with my wife because it's going to push me into this place and I don't want to go to hell. So, so I, this is something, I guess that's why the Bible teaches us to, that we should study to show ourselves approved, uh, workmen not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. It is so imperative and important that you get in that word to know that word for yourself and rightly divide the word. Now, you can't do that on your own. You, you need the Holy Spirit to help you to divide and help you to break down the word so that you will get the right context and right meaning and right interpretation out of Scripture. And that was something that was lacking, you know, because for so long uh, and where I came from, you know, I would be preached to. And, and preach, you know, you know, you're going, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you know, that strong message, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, and and, and I uh, hear me, I believe that there is a hell, Amen. I don't believe I'm going there. I'm working, I'm striving, I'm trying to make it in. Praise the Lord. Um, but but I, I I had that mindset that just the least and slightest little thing that that you do that it was going to ruin your relationship with God. So so. As I begin to study and as I begin to learn more and read my word and get into it, I begin to see some things. And as I, I begin to study on this particular subject, my eyes begin to be open. Because not only was it not a sin, but there were places in the Bible that actually encouraged it. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Uh, I must say that again. Not only was I come to find out that drinking alcohol was not a sin, but I come to find out that there were places in the Bible that actually encouraged it. If you don't believe me, listen, you got your Bibles, you turn this to 1 Timothy, the 5th chapter and the 23rd verse. Watch this, what Paul tells his pupil or what Paul tells Timothy to do. He says, stop drinking only water. 
and use a little wine for your stomach and the illnesses of your stomach. So he tells him to not to stop just drinking water. Hear me now. And to drink a little wine. That's that was powerful for me. It, it kind of woke me up because I, I felt like, OK, I'm not alone now. now. I'm not, and you don't got a blank check now. Hear me to just go out and just turn the bottle up. But th something is happening here because when I was thinking that I would be condemned for just tasting it, having it on my tongue, here it is that Paul tells his pupil to go ahead and drink some. Stop drinking all that water and drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Watch, it's in Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter and the seventh verse. It says, it says this, Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart for God has already approved what you do man I, I'm telling you that was that was almost close to a blank check for me to go and get me a bottle of Moscato or something man and just turn the whole thing up but but we've got to have some balance here drinking alcohol in and of itself can't be wrong right because if it was if that was the case Think about this. If that was the case, why would Jesus' first miracle be turning water into wine? Well, the argument is, is, is that I've heard all my life. And the argument is, well, 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 uh, Anthony, that was unfermented wine, and and, and it wasn't it wasn't the kind of wine that would get you intoxicated. Well, or the, or the, the the unfermented argument doesn't really hold up either because uh, the Lord of the, of, the, of the wedding of the feast, when Jesus turned the water into wine, he came to Jesus and said, listen now, you know, normally uh, people say uh, uh, don't put the best wine out to the end. They put the best wine out up front. And then when folk get a little, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. You can go read for yourself. But when folk get a little tipsy, it's when you bring out the, the, the rough stuff or the stuff that is not as of good quality. So that kind of that kind of messes up that argument that it was, you know, unfermented because if, with unfermented wine, you're not going to get no charge. You're not that you ain't going to get a little tipsy with just fruit juice. So, so, so it was a little bit more than fruit juice, and that is implied in that text. And I found, honestly, I found a plethora of scripture to support that drinking was not a sin. But I also, but also in my study, I found some scriptures that frowned upon drinking. Uh, one, that it was, it was, uh, I think it was Ephesians the fifth chapter. I think it was around the eighteenth verse, and 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 it says, uh, "Do not drink." On wine, which leads to uh, um, debauchery. Instead, it says, be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to read that again. Ephesians 5 and 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So in other words, this scripture is telling you that you shouldn't drink wine to the point that you're drunk. It said, but instead... Be filled, not with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Man, I, I honestly, I, at the time, I, I got more questions now than I had answers to. Why in some places it says it's okay, and others it says it's wrong? 
What what here? What makes the difference? What makes the difference in these scriptures? And, and, and the key word that I found that makes the difference, especially in those like Ephesians five and eighteen, and even Galatians five and nineteen, is that I've come to learn that the problem is not drinking, but the fact that we lack self-control and we overindulge because because of man's sinful nature that was inherited from Adam your fleshly part of you has an insatiable appetite your flesh is always going to want more so if you drink and this is why this teaching has been so pertinent if you drink one beer you know, you got a whole six pack there. Uh, you know, you know your limit is two, but you here you drunk the first and you drunk the two. But because of your flesh, um, most most time you're gonna continue to drink until your flesh is satisfied or there's no more left, which will lead you to drunkenness. You know, so so that's why it's so important. It, it, this the drinking is not the problem. It's the overindulgence that is the problem. It's the drunkenness that's the issue. Listen, you have the same effect with food. You know, the, a lot of people don't like to talk about this, but I mean, uh, some folk overindulge. You know, you sit down, you instead just eating a piece of chicken, a couple of vegetables, and a spoonful of two of uh, mashed potatoes. I mean, you done ate the whole chicken and then you done ate a pie behind that with, 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 and then you got the nerve to top it off with the diet. So overindulging in anything is a sin. That's why, that's why Paul tells us this. He tells us that we should crucify our flesh. We should die. He says we need to die daily. In order to live this life the way it should be lived, we must die to ourself, we've got to kill that fleshly nature that tells us that we uh, that we must have more. And and once you start really dealing with that nature, drinking won't be the problem. Drunkenness won't be the problem because you'll be able to maintain self-control. Everything must be done in decency and in order. So so let's ask this taboo question over again, shall we? Is it a sin to drink alcohol? The answer is no. And I know some religious folks are going to be mad at me, but I, I'm called to speak the truth in love and not the, to bind people up by our religious ideologies. If you, if, I believe if you teach people the right way from the beginning, then perhaps there won't be advice for them in the future. I think one of the reasons that most pastors teach against drinking is because they're afraid that people don't have enough self-control to not get drunk. But I believe with the right amount of teaching and teaching in the right perspective, that it will give people an opportunity to prove, amen, that, that they can, that, God, that Christ through them can and, 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 and will be able to meet up to that particular standard. And so I beg to differ. If 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 I had to had be had to be given the truth of the word, if I had been given the truth of the word uh, in the proper context, uh, I think I would have been just fine. I mean, that's just my perspective, right? Uh, drinking was never the sin in my life, but drunkenness was. The overindulgence is what makes it wrong and harmful, just like too much cake to a diabetic. Pro proper teaching must take place in our ministries and homes 
so that we will not teach uh, be teachers of dogma but distributors of truth and love and I must say good night to you all now get ready to get out of here and let you know that I've only had one glass of wine no, I'm just joking uh, uh, but but in your mind you would probably judge me in your mind right Amen. Keep, listen, keep praying for me. I appreciate you listening, taking time out of your day uh, to listen to oh, this little fellow say a few words. So if you have any questions or concerns or comments that you want to make, please submit any comments to armartin underscore ldec at yahoo.com. And again, thank you for tuning in to A.R. Martin Ministries. We love you. We'll continue to pray for you. Please pray for us as we go further and we expand the kingdom for the Lord. God bless you. Good night.